what is good? Welcome to Spirit Bill Real Talk with Juliana. I am your host, Juliana Page, and I am so excited that you are here. I am an author, a speaker, and a professional life coach, but really, I am here to give you practical wisdom that you can integrate into every area of your life so that you can thrive and not just survive. So if you are ready to live a spirit-led life and level up your inner game so that you can win in your outer game. Let's dive right in. What is good, everybody? Welcome back to the Spirit Filled Real Talk podcast. We're going to talk today about one of one of the phrases that you probably heard me say before, but I think it is really relevant in the time and season that we're in. So I'm gonna break it down a little bit and then back it up with some truth. So the phrase is called future tripping. <laughs> future tripping. And this is really about looking at the future and becoming anxious or worried about what's gonna happen, right? So you try to really problem solve and get overwhelmed in how you are going to make certain things happen that are out of your control. So you try to control now what is out of your control and you live in a lot of anxiety because the future is so unknown and so uncertain. Okay, so future tripping is looking at the future and going on a trip, right? Like you just trip about it. Like you literally are playing out all these movies in your mind about the worst case scenarios. It's it's not usually looking at the future with joyful anticipation <laughs> and, and faith-filled expectation, but it's usually fear and anxiety that somehow you're not going to be provided for, that it's not going to go well. And so you're, you're tripping about it now and creating a big mess in your present because you can't be present if you're tripping about the future. So I had a mentor that uh, was sharing a story the other day and I found this so, so interesting. She lives in a house in Malibu and it's like a few different stories. And on the level that she's on, there's a skylight in the roof. Okay, and so she had company over and they were working on some sort of assignment and she felt like there was a big presence in her home, which was really weird, but she didn't think too much of it. And sure enough, the next day, her son was asking her if there was a hummingbird stuck in the skylight. And she was like, what? A hummingbird stuck in the skylight? And there was. There was a hummingbird that viewed the skylight as the sky and as the way out, but then kept obviously running into the glass. And hummingbirds, which I didn't know this, but because their wings flap so fast, they need to eat constantly to replenish, right? Like if you've ever seen them up close, like they literally are, it's almost like they're vibrating. Their wings are going so fast. So this hummingbird had been up there since she had felt that presence the night before. So it had been up there fighting for its life for hours. So both her and her son were in this panic because they're like, how are we going to get this hummingbird out of the house, right? This is just not a good situation. And this bird cannot fall 
right, in in this room, in my presence. Like, it's just not going to happen. Like, we've got to get it out of here. And it was on a Sunday that she was really working through all this. And so she was calling any sort of wildlife, you know, any, any sort of help that she could. And she did eventually get on the phone with someone because a lot of people wanted to remove rodents and wouldn't help with a hummingbird. Most people were telling her you're on your own. But she did get a hold of a company and they were going to come out, but it wouldn't have been until two in the afternoon. And she was willing to pay, I think it was going to be $400 just for them to come out, depending on the difficulty of getting this hummingbird out of her skylight. She, however, knew that that bird would not make it until 2 p.m. that day. So she started then panicking and praying and, you know, walking her house and and praying in her prayer language. And she was led to go online and just started Googling more information. And what she found was hummingbirds are actually drawn to the color red. So she did have this giant blood red comforter that she went out onto her balcony and sort of threw over the balcony hoping that the bird would see it and then fly out the balcony so that it would fly down and then fly out the balcony, originally where it had flown in from, right? So her son also found, I think it must have been a wine glass or something that was also red and was trying to wave it to get its attention. Sure enough, the the hummingbird did see the red out of the corner of its eye and did come down, but just could only stand really on the floor. So then they knew that they still had to get it out of the house, right? And so this bird starts walking towards the patio to exit the house, okay? It's walking, it can no longer fly because it's exhausted. So it finally does walk out to the patio, but it can't move, it can't fly, it's just sitting there. So her son had to get, I think there was some sort of tree and it had these flowers on it, and he was able to get one of the branches and bring this branch over to the hummingbird so that it could just, you know, suck on the nectar and get enough energy to fly into the tree, which is exactly what that bird ended up doing, okay? So point of this story, (laughs) point of this story, I'm gonna bring you to the verse that this makes me think of. Uh, Let's see. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, it is from, I believe it's Matthew 6, 25, I want to say. I want to say it's that one. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, no, it's this one. All right, so this is actually Matthew, yeah, it is, Matthew 6, 25. Okay, so it says this. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and a body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of those. Okay, so if you also look at Matthew 10, it says, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? 
meaning that sparrows, they're everywhere, right? Their value is, is not even comparable to your value. Are two sparrows not sold for a penny? Are not one of, and not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. So not one of them will fall without the father recognizing that or being aware of that. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not. Therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. Okay? So this, these two verses are connected to this hummingbird story, right? Is not the father like this woman, right? She stopped her entire day, because <laughs> this is in the morning. She stopped her entire day to make sure that a hummingbird got out of her home safely and did not fall or die on her watch. It wasn't gonna happen, right? And if she cares that much about a bird, right? Imagine how much God cares for you and sends angels, right? Those two, this woman and her son, acted like angels for this bird, right? Does God not do that for you? Does not God not recognize what you have need of? So I just wanna encourage you with that today and just really remind yourself that God already has solutions. He already has provision before you had a need, before you had a problem. He was already ahead of you with the solutions and his favor surrounds you like a shield and you do also have angelic support and protection. So if you're not on the lookout and if you're not paying attention, pay attention. <laughs> People show up in your life as angels. Support comes from God. You just have to be open to divine solutions. So what helped me with future tripping and really overcoming future tripping was this verse, Proverbs 31, 25. It says this, she is clothed with, she is clothed. I don't know how I just said that. She is clothed <laughs> with strength and dignity and she laughs without fear of the future. Okay, I'm going to admit, I laughed at this verse. <laughs> I was like, that's that's great, right? For some people, but I, I don't laugh without fear of the future, right? Like, I, I freak out about the future. Like, that's where I'm at. So this was a life verse. I'm like, okay, every day, by faith, I'm going to put on strength. I'm going to put on dignity, and I'm going to laugh without fear of the future. Laugh is going to be a weapon for me, right? I'm going to be joyful. I'm going to have uh, a light heart, a clear mind. I'm not gonna let circumstances, I'm not gonna let my thoughts, I'm not gonna let my emotions derail me. Will I have moments? Of course, right? But I'm not gonna stay there because I'm gonna root myself in this verse. I'm gonna be strong, I'm gonna clothe myself in dignity and strength, and I'm gonna laugh without fear of the future because God's already got that. And am I gonna partner with God and believe that or am I gonna continue to future trip? If I really dug into it, it was a decision. And it's one I had to keep making, right? And still do to this day, right? But I just wanna invite you to think about that. If you have a tendency to be anxious about the future, that's actually something that you don't have to accept. You can reject anxiety, okay? I think I was actually reading about this. It's coming to me now. In quiet time today, I'm being derailed, I'm being derailed, but in a good way. Okay, let me see if I can find it. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, one of the things I was studying in Isaiah today, and God's word, here's the thing, God's word never returns void. 
it always accomplishes its purpose. And so when we learn to speak God's word instead of rehearsing how we feel or declaring what we think, we are also releasing power. All right. And the word of God spoken in faith from a believer's mouth can change circumstances. We may experience something uncomfortable. We might feel a sense of helplessness or powerlessness, right? We might experience negative effects, right? Like we see it with our eyes, right? But God's word is truth and truth is more powerful than facts. You need to get that in your spirit if you want to laugh without fear of the future, okay? So we must never magnify the facts of our circumstances above God and the power of his word. Remind yourself to laugh, to pray, and to to speak God's word. Because when God speaks, things change. And he's given us that exact same ability. Okay? And God really compares his word to seed. And when we plant the seed by speaking it, praying it, believing it, and acting upon it, it will produce what it says. God promises that it will produce. So as you begin to speak God's word regularly and believe what it says more than you believe your circumstances, you hold fast then to your confession of faith in him because he is faithful. And soon you'll share testimonies of victory with others because you did that. So we can really develop this habit of praying at all times and staying in this constant constant contact, but constant conversation and dialogue with God. Okay. Now, the other thing that I was saying, we also can determine that from this moment, (laughs) you're not hearing this randomly, from this moment, you can reject the roots of bitterness, shame, negativity, perfectionism, and nourish the roots of joy, peace, love, and power in your life. You get to decide what it is that you're going to partner with, okay? You can boldly declare that you're healed from pains and wounds of your past. You don't have to continue to to say that you're on a healing journey, right? You can declare that you were healed from pains and wounds of your past. You've been set free to live a new life of health and wholeness. It might not feel like you are, but you can still reject, right? Any unforgiveness, any resentment, any fear, any anxiety. You don't have to accept it and you don't have to tolerate it. And you can live in health and wholeness. And you do this by continuing to praise God and confessing his word over yourself, claiming his forgiveness, cleansing and healing. You can't do it in your own strength, but you don't have to live guilty, unworthy, unloved, or in insufficiency. You can say, if God is for me, then who is against me, right? If God loves me, then I'm going to set myself to love myself and act as who he has in mind, right? He put me on this earth, right? I am his creation, right? And I'm going to act like it, okay? So you can really lean on him. And that is how you can shift and and live from his new nature that he put in you and activate all of the blessings and tools and spiritual faculties that he put on the inside of you, right? Think about that. If you are a born again believer, you literally are a house of God, right? You, You still might be under construction, but you're still a house of God. So there's so much inside of you that you can activate and that you can utilize it but you've got to position yourself to do it, which is a decision, okay?
So the other thing that I wanted to shift into before we wrap here today is this concept of sufficiency. Sufficiency, okay? A lot of us, which is, you know, what the world reinforces, have cultivated scarcity, a poverty mindset, an orphan spirit. And a lot of this is subconscious, but if that's our foundation, we're going to see the fruit of that in our lives everywhere. No matter how hard we work, we're still going to see that if that is our main vibe, if that is our constant frequency, is this state of insufficiency, we'll see it everywhere. Okay? But in the context of sufficiency, what happens is, is we reconnect with our inner spiritual resources, creativity, collaboration, commitment, and courage. And we bring these resources to our relationships with everything in our life, whether it's people, whether it's money, whether it's business, whatever it happens to be. And we generate authentic prosperity for ourselves and for others, which is so, so powerful. So it's really important that we become aware not of scarcity and looking at our circumstances and what is, but telling a different story and one of sufficiency. This is activating your faith, okay? So sufficiency, in terms of how we're going to define it here for you, is reclaiming the power of what is there, what you have. You have it. So reclaim that power. I talk a lot about this in my first book, Reclaiming Your Spiritual Authority. Okay, you can find all of these over at julianapage.com. But sufficiency is reclaiming the power of what is there. It's there already. You're not chasing for it. You're not searching it for it. You're reclaiming that power, right? And this has to do with your focus and what you decide to believe and what you decide to connect with and partner with every day. Okay. And we let go of scarcity, right? By clinging to the truth of sufficiency. You can't focus on scarcity and sufficiency at the same time. You have to pick. Okay. By sufficiency, this isn't necessarily you know, a quantity or an amount, okay? It's an experience. It's a context we, we generate. It's a declaration. It's a knowing that there is enough and that we are enough, okay? There is enough and we are enough. But how often do we say, I'm not enough. I'm unworthy. There's never enough. I'm afraid of what's going to happen if this runs out, right? We live in a place of giving away our power by focusing on what is not there, not what is there, okay? And here's the thing, (laughs) whether you agree with me in this moment or not, sufficiency resides inside of each of us and we can call it forward. Again, that's the power of your declaration. That's what God says in his word for us to do. It's called a believer, (laughs) we believe first. That is key before you see, okay? Sufficiency resides in each of us and we can call it forward. It's a consciousness, okay, what you're aware of, an attention, what you're channeling your focus on, what you're directing your focus to. It's an intentional choosing of the way we think about our circumstance, okay? So think about that. Think about that for a second. Are you focusing on sufficiency or insufficiency? 
how would things be different if you believe that I am enough and that there's always enough? Right? When we live in the context of sufficiency, we find a natural freedom and integrity. It literally draws us back to God's wholeness, to the freedom that we have in him. We engage in life from a sense of our own wholeness rather than a desperate longing to be complete. We feel naturally called to share the resources that flow through our lives, our time, our money, our wisdom, our energy, and whatever level those resources flow to serve our highest commitments. In the context of sufficiency and the flow of resources to and from us, our soul, whatever it is, right? We can create abundant, satisfying, and meaningful lives. Sufficiency, what I want to reveal today, is truth, right? It's a place to stand. It's a context that generates a completely new relationship with life, with relationships, with money, with everything in it. So if you can really just catch this concept today, imagine, right, what you can start generating in your life, right? God is our benefactor, if you want to look at it that way, but he's also designed us to be benefactors on earth to represent him, okay? So if we're not doing that, I would suggest, right, maybe we are partnering with scarcity. We are focusing on what we see, not what we've been given the power to believe, to release, to access, to unleash, right, to reveal, so, so powerful. So I really want you to think about that and where you stand with that today. And I have a different context or a way to see this too. So in a nonprofit space, I've been working with an organization and we happen to give out funds for grant making, right? So fundraising has this concept of sufficiency behind it as well, right? So I just wanted to give you this as an example. Fundraising is all about flow freeing it, inviting it, channeling it, and enabling people to experience themselves, right, in the nourishment of that flow wherever they are along the way, okay? In in fundraising from people all over the world, right, we find that people want to contribute. Like, it's, it's their nature. They want to contribute. They want to put their resources in flow, right? So philanthropy really at any level level enables people to get back in touch with that relationship with money, with sufficiency, right? So we can really do so many beautiful things in the world when we connect people to that flow. It's really a privilege to to, to fundraise and to be able to send funds, right, to, to where they can be to where they can be utilized, right? In, in ways that that truly further solutions in this world for, for such a time as this, right? All right, so here's the thing too. With whatever you have now, think about yourself as a fundraiser, okay? Just try this on for a second. When you let your money, whatever you have now, when you let it, your money move to things you care about, your life lights up. And that's really what money is for. And I'm just using money as an example because typically we tie 
sufficiency not only to our identity but also to money okay because these usually are our needs to feel safe and secure all right but think about it if you were to just direct the money that you do have to things that you care about right where would your money flow just think about that a great way to see this now <laughs> is just take a look at your bank statement right but where would your money flow if you were actually a fundraiser and got to really think about and utilize the resources that you do have, whatever that is, your time, your energy, your creativity, your gifts, your talents, your ability, yes, your money as well, where would these things flow to? Are they in flow now? Whatever God has entrusted to you, is it in a state of flow, right? Where things are coming to you and things are going out of you. You're not gripping it, right? You live from a place of sufficiency. Insufficiency would say, I'm not enough. There's never enough. So I'm just going to hang on to what I have, right? And be really limited in my thinking and in my creative ability, right? Sufficiency says, I'm enough. There's more than enough. As I release this, right? More comes to me, right? Or as I receive something, there's more where that came from. Very different way of operating, okay? So, when you live from a context of sufficiency and you take a stand for something, you open up your heart and the hearts of people in the world around you. And when you do that, you build the vision, create the reality and grow in such that obstacles eventually fall away. How awesome is that? Oh my God. I think that it's amazing. And I think that how we flow our resources is really a statement of who we are and what we care about. Truly, it reveals a lot about us. And so I know that I made a big shift when it came to thinking about myself because I, I, you know, for many years did not view myself the way God views me. <laughs> and then there's a beautiful quote that definitely self-checked me that says, I cannot afford to have a thought in my mind that God does not think about me. And I was like, oh, geez, I've got a lot of work to do with God on this. I've got lots of thoughts in my mind that I can't afford to have, right? And then the other one was, those that are certain of an outcome can afford to wait and wait without anxiety. And I was like, dang, these self-checks. <laughs> but it's so true, right? Like if I'm certain of an outcome... When the time is right, the Lord will make it happen. So my job is just to prepare. My job is to stay in sufficiency. My job is to stay ready, right? Knowing that it's already, the way's already been made and I'm about to step into it, right? So God gave me, particularly when it comes to business and entrepreneurship, um, when I was led into that, which I didn't know was going to be my story, God revealed that business is the primary way that God reveals his creativity on earth. And that blew my mind. It's basically unleashing divine problem solving. And so if I'm on earth to be a solution, right, and to bring forth solutions, right, literally bring heaven solutions to earthly problems, to be a carrier of solution, to be a releaser, right, of, of heaven on earth, right? If I'm partnering with heaven to change the earth and expand the kingdom, right, 
business is the primary way God reveals his creativity on earth, right? It's how he unleashes his divine problem solving through his children. So I was convicted because I was resisting stepping into business. I didn't want to do that, (laughs) right? Because there's so many things that I felt like I didn't know. However, that was coming from a position of insufficiency, right? So I just want to share that with you in case you know, you are called to the marketplace, let that encourage your spirit, okay? And then as far as sufficiency is concerned, I also want to give you a couple of verses that you can stand on and really use as your foundation when it comes to any area where you feel scarcity, okay? And you just want to repent for staying in scarcity, repent for ruminating on scarcity, repent for speaking words that align with scarcity, repent for focusing on scarcity, right? Repent from that, which means turn from, stop doing that. You can actually do that. You get to choose what you focus on. It's not by what you currently think, not by what you feel, but by faith, you can do what God says, right? And watch, watch what he'll do. Okay, so 2 Corinthians 3 says this, such is the confidence that we have through Christ towards God, not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God, who made us competent to be ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Okay, so what I receive from this is God has made me sufficient. My old nature might say that I'm insufficient, but God and his new nature in me says I'm sufficient. So according to the spirit, by the power of the Holy Spirit working in me, I can walk in sufficiency in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for leading and guiding me into greater levels of sufficiency today. In my mind, in my emotions, with my focus, with how I steward what you've given me, my time, my energy, money, creativity, you know, whatever that happens to be. Powerful. Okay, another one is 2 Peter 1. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. So there's another verse, right? That says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Okay, so where does knowledge come from? This is actually, ooh, I did a study on my Instagram about five benefits of wisdom. But in Proverbs, I believe it's actually Proverbs 1, it talks about if you will position yourself to seek God, to seek his word, he himself will literally disperse to you his knowledge. He will give you knowledge. So that tells me that it doesn't matter how much education you seek, how much training you pursue, however many certifications that you have, whatever, you know, label is in front of your name, right? None of that matters. God can give you a divine download of his knowledge, right? To operate in this world, to give you things that pertain to life and godliness, okay? So that is how, by faith, you can shift into sufficiency for sure, okay? I believe that that's the only other one that I wanted to reveal now. Obviously, Matthew 10 and Matthew 25 as well about 
affirming yourself in the Lord, that God cares for you, that he's provider, right? That he he's already taking care of every need that you have. And a lot of us spend a lot of time focusing on our needs, but I got convicted. I think it was actually by Miles Monroe. I was doing a study the other day. Let me just pull this for you because it was big. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. And if you don't follow me on Instagram currently, it's at Miss MS Juliana Page. You can follow me there. I tend to do lives and quick studies as well over there. So that's a great way to, to get some, a little mood lifter and upliftment throughout your day. Okay, so here is what Miles Monroe said. <laughs> he said, God established his priority at the beginning of creation and made it clear by his own declaration to mankind. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink. Again, this is Matthew 6, 25, about your body, what you're going to put on, all the things, right? And then he continues, the word worry means to consume in thought, to establish as our first interest, meaning I'm making worry a priority, yikes, mental preoccupation, future tripping, <laughs> priority concern, fretting, right? Fear of the unknown and to rehearse the future over and over, which we have no control. Future tripping again, right? Our self-worth is more important than our basic needs and should never be sacrificed for the sake of those needs. Okay? So do not worry at all is what that Matthew 6 verse continues to say. And it says, for the pagans run after all of these things, and your heavenly father knows that you need them. Yikes. <laughs> so the word pagans here implies that religion should not be motivated by the base drives of human needs for food, water, clothing, shelter, and all the things, right? God's number one priority for mankind is that we discover understand and enter the kingdom of heaven, which if that is the case, God has overflow in abundance, more than enough, right? The kingdom of heaven is one of sufficiency, okay? So essentially what he's been saying here is like, do you have a tendency to worry about your basic needs? Because that is a very basic thing, right? We're, we're not supposed to be worrying about our needs because that's basically rejecting that God has already provided for them. Okay, so ask the Lord to reveal to you anything that he needs you to see to understand how his kingdom works so you can get breakthrough in this area. Ask him to give you the eyes to see that his kingdom can provide whatever it is that you need in Jesus name. All right, so I just want to bless you with this idea, with this context, with this new way of being called sufficiency. And it starts from focusing on what is. I am enough. There's enough, right? I walk in more than enough. So it starts by focusing on what you do have, what is provided for you. Staying in the flow of giving and receiving. And a lot of times we receive starting with God, right? And then as we give what he tells us to give, he multiplies that back to us. We have to sow seed though in order to have a harvest, okay? Oh my goodness. I hope this message blessed you guys. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, would you please? <laughs> The other thing that would be so, so awesome, and I have on my website a way that you can win 
uh, or just really receive a free gift of the God's Vibes Matter devotional if you subscribe to the podcast, if you rate it and leave a review, okay? All the details are over on the website. I will send a free devotional to you. So go do that. And until next time, guys, stay blessed. Thank you.